We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Happy Draftmas Eve to all who celebrate. Uh, Going to be an interesting show today, kind of a mellow one because it's 8 o'clock p.m. PST and we're just waiting for the draft to happen. But I wanted to get on here, talk to you guys, talk to my guys, just kind of see what the, you know, what's, what's going on with everybody. So Arjun, Alex are here with me. Alex, how are you, man? Doing good. Of course, you wanted an 8 p.m. PT show and you get two East Coasters who are in here for the witching hour. So uh, happy to be on. Yeah, well, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't invite either of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all good. Arjun, how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, Just wrapped up finals. So officially like done with school for the year. Happy to just go into the draft with like nothing to worry about except except football so it's it's kind of a nice feeling the only thing is i've been fucking or i I didn't mean to curse i've been moving all day like from my one house to my next place so it's been like uh it's it's nice to just hop on here and kind of rewind and just relax for a little bit yeah absolutely um alex and i are unhappy though because you finished your finals in april yeah yeah (laughs) so like they just don't do school in michigan or how's that work no i'm kidding yeah, I mean, it's yeah, Michigan ends so early. I mean, I'm coming back to California and like all my friends at like UCI, UCLA, like all of them are still going until like until like July or June. And so like it's just like I, I'm going to be home like really by myself. So <laughs> as much as I like ending school early, it's just like the rest of my friends are still in school for like at least another couple of weeks. So it's it's just a trade off. But I, I'm, I'm OK with it, to be honest. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick, I'd rather be out of school than in school. So I guess you don't have it too bad. Um, but we're still in school. So Alex and I sort of hate you right now. Um, I really had nothing planned for the show today. It was kind of a vibe show. Talk to everybody in the chat. If you want to force us to do a mock draft, maybe we can do one. If you have questions, let's do that. But um, you know, I haven't spoken to you guys about the draft in a while. So either been about free agency uh, or stuff like a month before the draft. So where are you guys at right now when it comes to the Chargers and 21? The big thing seems to be, you know, you got to take a wide receiver at 21. Um, but I don't really feel the Chargers are going to do that. It's currently the betting favorite. The Chargers taking a wide receiver at 21, or at least with their first pick. So where are you guys at with that right now? Yeah, I'll start. Um, so I think, so I've been on, I, I'm okay if they take a receiver advantage. Like I, that's, those are the two positions. If all of the positions are there, I want them to take those two. Those are premium positions. You need to always be drafting those. You have to plan for 2024 when, one of Keenan and Mike or and Joey and Khalil or or Khalil are not going to be on the roster. I'm okay if they take one at 21. My thing is just looking at the draft, looking at the prospects. You've done your videos about it. Alex has talked about it. There just is no receiver outside of Quentin Johnson that fits the physical profile of what Tom Flesco does typically with the draft. If you look at his career like weighted average, if you look at just his top 100 picks, he typically goes for bigger receivers. That's not what Jordan Addison is. That's not what Zay Flowers is. You know, Jackson Smith, like he kind of fits that profile, but he's like basically six foot. So he's a little bit under, honestly, what Telesco would go for. Quentin Johnson is that guy, right? So like if you want a receiver, he does seem like the, you know, prototypical guy. So again, I just like, I want them to take a receiver. I'd be okay if they take a receiver. I just don't see them doing it because none of them really match their profile. And then I just think Johnson's a little bit of a reach at 21 based on how his stock has trended. But, you know, any edge, honestly, I'm fine with. Um, you know, Will McDonald is probably the only one where I give a little bit of pause because he's going to be 24. But other than that, like if LVN or Van Ness, Murphy or Nolan Smith all fall, fall to 21, mm -hmm. I think those would be home run picks and be very good for where they're, you know, based on positional value and their draft stock right now. Yeah, I would agree. Alex, you were a pretty big Quentin Johnson fan. I never really got your official like one, two, three ranking. So is he still wide receiver one for you or was he ever? Uh, he was. And then I watched the Kansas State game. So now he's two. Um, <laughs> OK, but I, I, I kind of went back and forth on that a little bit, but I have in Jigba one uh, and mm -hmm. him too. Yeah, no, I totally get that. So do you OK? This is what I've been struggling with with wide receivers is that especially when we first did our first rankings episode, Jordan Addison was like my wide receiver five, but he was my second highest graded wide receiver. So like, how have you been managing placing these guys? Because there's there's no true guy like everyone wants to label these top three guys, you know, a first round pick and, and, and give them a first round grade. But I, I know these guys were kind of more not generational, but like once every few years. Like Jamar Chase gets a first round grade. Like Devonta Smith, Jalen Wall, these guys get first round grades. You know, Garrett Wilson maybe gets a first round grade, depending on you know how you feel about him. Um, he was, I think, your wide receiver one, ended up being my wide receiver one. And I just feel so much more comfortable about them. So, like, how have you managed ranking these receivers? And do you have like a cluster of guys you feel okay with the Chargers taking at 21? Uh cluster of guys that i feel okay with the chargers taking <laughs> i think it's two of them and i think it's in <laughs> okay. and johnson um really okay yeah i mean i this will get to the zay conversation 
I would be fine with them taking Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison. But like they're just they're so they're such outliers to the size profile. If you mm-hmm. watch Jordan Addison's film, like he consistently kind of struggles when he does get pressed. Um, I, it's just there, and so for me, that's like the big thing with him. And I I don't know. I think they could take him. Obviously, they have the Chris Beatty connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the way that I'm leaning with how this pick's going to go is tight end. Uh, I do think that it's probably going to end up being Michael Mayer if I had to bet money on it today. Uh, Arjun accused me of uh, putting money on <laughs> Quentin Johnson over at FanDuel. It, it, it was the Alex Insdorf syndicate that was moving the markets <laughs> on FanDuel. Uh, but uh, yeah, for me, I guess I would kind of cope myself into being okay with Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison at the end of the day. But for me, like, I just think the value of wide receiver is in round two or round three. If you want to go for any of those players, like I would mm-hmm. prefer Jonathan Mingo in round two. Yeah. I would prefer Marvin Mims in round three uh, over those options. Yeah. I even think when you get to round three, let's say or even round four, then maybe Telesco can kind of play with those different prototype profiles and the size of the wide receivers because like you're not going to get you know every guy is six three runs a four three like it doesn't happen at that point in the draft although there are some guys in the draft who can sort of do that um so maybe they'll start playing with that there but in the first round yeah i don't really buy it um arjun have you placed any bets on the chargers to kind of you know uh mitigate your feelings if they take a player you don't like or something because i have placed a bet and i have money on the chargers taking michael mayer yeah so um, you know, I, I emotionally hedged during the season. Like I'll bet the other side, like I, I did it so much this season. Um, <laughs> but during the draft it is, you know, I'm, I'm not betting to emotionally hedge anything. I'm doing like what I actually think is going to happen. So I've bet two things. I've bet the chargers to take a tight end at like three to one. Um, and then I've bet the chargers to draft a cornerback at 29 to one. So obviously if they take a cornerback, I'd, I'd be ecstatic. I, you know, that's, that'd be a great bet for me. Yeah, um, but you know, obviously, I have a larger position on Chargers to take a tight end. Um, it is also based in in the theory that I think both Mayer and Kincaid will be there at twenty one. Um, both of those guys' draft props are sitting at twenty one and a half and higher. Um, and so I don't see because the Packers went up from fifteen to thirteen. I take them off the tight end list because you know mm-hmm. I don't think they would have felt the need to jump the Patriots and the Jets to draft a tight end. I don't mm-hmm. see the Lions taking one after what happened with T.J. Hawkinson. The Bucks could take one, but they have a huge hole at left tackle, huge hole at quarterback. Or mm-hmm. I don't know about quarterback, but like, you know, they have holes outside of tight end. And then, you know, it, it's just like it makes so much sense for what Kellen Moore does in his offense. And I think like we we just know, like and I, I put this out the other day, Michael Mayer's physical profile compared to the weighted average of what the Chargers look for in their tight ends. It is it is so close. Like it is their 40 yard, their 10 yard splits, their height, their weight. It is so freaking close. And so I think he just not that I think he's a you know great prospect and that's not who I want them to pick. I just think based on what Telesco's shown in the past, I think he would fit the profile of what Kellen Moore wants, what Telesco looks for in tight ends. And he, you know, he is tight end is the one position that the Chargers haven't drafted in the first round yet. So yes, kind of that is the follows, one. That is the... that trend, you know. So <laughs> um I, I don't I don't want it to happen. I, I don't think it would be a great pick personally. I think that's is what's going to happen. And you know, that's mm-hmm. why those are the only two bets I've placed. Yeah, it's hard to bet against Michael Mayer being the favorite. Like, I don't know 
who else you could pick to say that they're the favorite unless you can guarantee me that one of these edge rushers is going to fall yeah. and you can't. You know, Mayer is likely to be there. Like if someone takes Kincaid, if someone takes like if the Packers take Mayer, then it's over, right? But one of those two tight ends is going to be there. So mm-hmm. and then you talk about the Notre Dame connection, being a solid player, a sound player, a productive player. Like people are forgetting that Michael Mayer is very solid as a receiving yeah. option statistically. Like I know people aren't super enthused with the idea because he's not a speedy wide receiver, but like you look at contested catch, you look at yards per route run, you name it. Like he is a good receiving and tight end. And if Kellen Moore, who had the number one red zone offense last year says, that's how we get better. Then I think you have to do that. And you, you can't have your offense trot out five really good offensive linemen having complete liabilities at blocking tight end. Like that's just going to, to kill your offensive scheme all day long. And I'm not saying that Michael Mayer is going to go out and block Max Crosby, but you watch that first game against the Raiders and the line looks pretty good. And then just the, you know, whether it's McKitty, whether it's Everett, these guys are just getting banged up and beat up because they just are not holding up because, you know, that's not really Everett's thing as is. And then McKitty kind of went backwards last year until he started to get better towards the end of the season. So, you know, if Kellen Moore says, Hey, we can fix our red zone offense because Mayer's a great end zone option, a red zone option for us great if we can fix our offense because he can block better than anything we have great like i I would understand why they would take him so yeah he's he's the player that i have money on and so i and i would understand why they would do it and you know if they take a tight end and and no one's happy but it's mayor at least i'm happy yeah uh, i don't like to extrapolate too many things from tom telesco press conferences uh but you know the the big comment he did say about tight end was blocking and receiving right (laughs) and he meant that sarcastic in jest yeah but I mean, that is kind of what Michael Mayer would bring to a 12 personnel, you know, run package, Kellen Moore scheme right at this point. So, um, and you talk about yards per route run. Like, I do think Kincaid is a, I don't know if I would say much better receiver. He is the best receiving tight end in this class. But as you said, yards per route run is 4.44 to 4.42, right, in mm-hmm. favor of Michael Mayer. Um, so, I mean, it's really close kind of at the end of the day there. Uh, I don't think there's like a huge difference in athleticism between the two at this point, um, especially considering Dalton Kincaid and, and the back and the fact that he is older. Um, so for me, I I kind of put Michael Mayer into my tier where I would understand the pick. I would be fine with it. But because of the positional value and because you can find a Sam Laporta later on, because you can find a Tucker Craft later on, I just wouldn't be crazy about the pick. Yeah, the the one thing with Mayer, I think um, that he does do well. You know, he did run a pretty. Oh, he, he his forty time wasn't great, but it was like it was above average. It was in the sixty sixth percentile. One of the things that um, Kevin Cole, who's a you know analytics guy on Twitter, he found that forty yard time and ten yard splits are pretty good indicators of like who's going to become a good tight end. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, four seven forty sixty six percentile, one point six one ten yard dash. Or ten yard split, you know, those those are like pretty solid numbers. Like they they are above average. They aren't great, but they you know they're above average. So he does kind of meet some of the thresholds to be a good tight end. But again, the problem for people who maybe aren't as like familiar with like tight end development curves, it just takes a little bit for tight ends to develop. Like it's 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 not out of the blue out of the question that Mayer could be an instant contributor year one, give you seven hundred yards, sixty receptions. But typically with tight ends, even if they're around one guy, like they're their ceiling is probably like 500 yards or like 400 yards. Kyle Pitts is obviously an anomaly. He's a generational tight end. Mayer could be like that, but just on average, if he's going in the 20s, he's you know he's probably not going to be that generational type guy. So 
Right. You just have to kind of lower your seat, like lower your expectations for him. I know since he's a first round pick, a lot of people will ex be expecting him to make this huge impact year one. But mm -hmm. just, you know, tight ends do take a little bit to develop, which is why I'm kind of not in favor of it because, you know, just because of that development curve. But I understand why they do it. And it, it kind of just fits what Tom Kulski would do. Why do you think there is such that development curve for tight ends? Like, is it just they go to bad teams because bad teams pick them in the first round and there's a bad situation or something about the position? What do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because I think like when you try to measure like a tight end success, you're doing it with like receiving yards. It's not like a blocking thing, which, you know, it right. could be the physicality from college to the pros, but I do think it's just like their ability to like separate versus college linebackers versus NFL safeties and NFL linebackers. Like the pace is just so much quicker where even though like, you know, they might not be that fast in college, like not being that fast is still probably being like pretty fast compared to the college players. But when you go up against like real NFL players, like I think that athleticism, like it doesn't translate over as easily uh, finding like soft spots to sit in zones, you know, creating separation versus man. Those are things that take time to develop. So it, it is a tough thing to really quantify like obviously if i was do make doing a whole research project i'd look at like deeper things but um i think it has to do with like athleticism and just making that jump between separating versus college players and nfl players we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All righty. Uh, quick question from Kendall Larson. Then what are you guys dream picks at this point? I, I feel like we sort of feel like edge rushers kind of that, but I mean, is it a corner for anybody? Alex, what do you think? Bijan Robinson. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So Arjun, Arjun put him uh, in the not happy category. Um, I respect I the it. brand. Um, I totally yeah. understand. And it's a pretty clear argument, right? Like non-premium position, might not even translate to any increase in wins. There's so much worry about it. You're probably jettisoning him after four or five years. If it's the first run five years, you know, the, the Chargers clearly aren't exactly valuing running back a ton, although they did take Melvin Gordon in the first round. But in terms of money, it's never been a big money position for them. Um, so Alex really likes him. Arjun um, likes the player. Yeah, I love the player. Team. Yeah, absolutely. Just not for the the charges and the numbers there. So, um, are okay. Okay, other than Bijan Robinson, who we took, and we had to take him in our first mock because yeah. um, we literally would have gotten fired. I think, um, Alex, who's your other dream pick? Uh, Bijan's not there. It's kind of it's kind of harder than <laughs> I really thought. It really feels like that this year, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. Quentin Johnston. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because he's my, I think four wide receiver four. But I think he'd do the most with the Chargers, you know, over some of the other guys that are potentially outliers. And he does have a skill set that I know can contribute and be unique to what the Chargers don't have right now. I'll I'll clarify that like the edges that we are not expecting to fall like if Nolan Smith somehow available twenty one like yeah take him I don't think <laughs> Nolan Smith's gonna be that's available. my yeah that's yeah mine. I don't think he's, I don't think he's gonna be available twenty one he probably is not available after the tenth pick frankly um, but you know if like Miles Murphy or some of those guys fall too then mm-hmm. yeah like I would take them over like a Quentin Johnson but I I don't think that they're going to be there and then you're probably differentiating between like will mcdonald versus quentin johnson and that's kind of where i would go with you know uh, a premium you know wide receiver that can develop over an older edge rusher um Mm -hmm. but yeah so that's kind of how i feel about that but yeah for for me uh the way that steven kind of put it today and this is sort of why it, it sort of ticked my brain with the chargers too is that you know, Steven said on Twitter, he was like, if uh, if you're going to draft Quinn Johnson, you want to draft him to a team where he's not going to have to do too many things like uh, on the outside, like, you know, catching jump balls on the boundary. And mm-hmm. the Chargers are kind of the team where that works. Right. Like, yeah. you're not going to have to. You have Mike Williams. Right. Uh, at least for this first year uh, of Quinn Johnson. And you can kind of ease him in to that role. Um, obviously, a lot of things that you have to work on. And I would probably maybe prefer drafting again like Marvin Mims in round three and Mingo in round two if he's there Mm -hmm. um but you don't know if those players are going to be there right um when the run on receivers starts so for me uh I I would take uh Quentin Johnson if Bijan is kind of off the board yeah and you never have to feel like Quentin Johnson has to develop into Mike Williams because they're not those same players like everyone just kind of sees the size profile I guess and they're like okay that's an X receiver and that must be Mike Williams but that's not really him. And the good thing for the, with the Chargers is that if he goes there, let's say they can move on from Mike Williams next year. He's the odd man out next year. They have Josh Palmer who can take on some of those as well, or they can just find someone else in the draft who can be that sort of jump ball sort of guy. So not that you need a jump ball sort of guy, but if you need someone to try to fill that X role, you know, Josh Palmer did do that last year, did it great against the Chiefs, like 106 yards, two touchdowns, whatever it was. So he can definitely do that. So Johnson, even next year, if they can move on from Mike Williams, will not have to be Mike Williams next year, nor should he ever be expected to. But as people are pointing out in the chat, the whole catching thing is a Absolutely. real problem. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> like, I, I think it was, uh, it, it was, it was Mita Kimes who said this on her podcast. It was like, if you could just take all the stuff before the catch and after the catch and you just freeze frame it, Quentin Johnson's Jamar Chase, baby. <laughs> but the catch is the problem. I, yeah. I just think, when you yeah when you talk about the potential um i think a lot of that stuff is mechanical and can be fixed right by coaching versus like you're not going to fix say flowers being 59180 you're not going to fix jordan addison being 511 170 right like in terms of being slot only players and i think that's why um a lot of people do have gwen johnson as wide receiver one if they do is because of that projection to being a potential outside receiver and because mm-hmm. the athleticism is kind of unlike anything we've seen before someone asked in the chat like what what is his pro comp and like i don't really have an answer because we haven't really seen anyone who kind of like moves like him in terms of yak um but to me just him on the outside 
Um, I, I do think with Justin Herbert, that could get pretty scary. Uh, and he doesn't have a 29.25 catch radius. <laughs> yeah, um, probably a really fun pick for the Chiefs at 31. I've seen that mocked there. Um, another really good one would be uh, Hendon Hooker in the first round to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't condone what. I, I'm not. I wasn't involved in that pick, even though I think that would be hilarious. Uh, I, I mean, yes. Like, if Patrick Mahomes does go down, it probably would be nice to have headed hooker i suppose Although... i mean if patrick mahomes goes down you might want a player <laughs> who has two acls um i, I don't know and, uh, so yeah that was a that was a thing um ooh, what from sykes what do you think the chances are we see eckler traded during the draft i think he's a charger person i think they're gonna run him into the ground and then kick him out That's um, what I um i don't think zero i'll say 2025 Oh, okay. Um, I do think it's possible. No, the thing is the the extension thing. But mm-hmm. like, if Eckler like were to ever open it up and be like, I'm not looking for an extension anymore, and I just want out, you know, mm-hmm. especially like an event. Let's say the Chargers do draft Bijan. Like, I think that could intensify. Um, I, I don't know if they run like a Bijan and Eckler backfield next year, um, especially for someone who wants to enter free agency after having a number one role this year. Um, and if Bijan's here, I don't know if that's the case. So I won't say zero, but I'll say like 20. I think I think 20 is a little high for my liking. I think like I'd put in more like 5% just because I think anyone who's traded on day one is getting traded for a first round pick, right? Like Marquise Brown or AJ Brown. I think like day two, it's it's tricky like i'm not ruling it out and that's why i think it's like five percent where right. it's like i think he only gets traded on day two mm-hmm. um and it, it like it would be amazing if they got day two comp for him which again it's just, there's no way they're getting day two comp i think or i wouldn't say it's it's a non-zero chance but it's close to zero and like day three i just think teams are so busy with like trading up trading down like finding what players left you know after 150 that like they can draft and like it's just tough to like really facilitate a trade during then so i think it would, it would happen during day two but even then like the the terms of the deal have to be done like today <laughs> and the contract yeah. extension has, has to be done like today so uh it's it's a good question i just like i think we probably see more happening after the draft and like heading into o- otas and training camp and things like that yeah uh we'll see what the chargers end up doing I, the range of possibilities for running back is so interesting because you could find Bijan at 21, but then that's probably not going to happen, but it could. And then you want to find guys to maybe replace Kelly, but you kind of feel good about him, but then you invested in Spiller. So do you want to see that through or are you ready to move on? Like, I don't know where they'll go. They don't even have a returner right now. And none of their running backs are official returners. I don't think any of them got any shine at returner last year with Ficken. So I, I'm really curious to see where they go with running back but it could be none at all uh hate to do this but worst first of all worst wow worst possible first round pick from bolt brett keon white (laughs) that was quick (laughs) yeah isn't he he's like 24 right he's also like he's older yeah older converted tight end i think yeah um yeah so we're considering realistic possibilities like worst pick but also it's not the 200th player on the big board yeah, I think Musgrave would fall into there, even though I like him. 
Um, I think Darnell Washington kind of falls into there, which again seems mean because I really like him. I just Can't think see. Can't see would I would both be unhappy with and it wouldn't make any sense. Um, yeah. and, and I get it. People are love the pass rush. I totally get it. Um, as someone who loves numbers and at least looking at what they do each play, his numbers per play are really good. And then you watch and you're just a bit worried. So I, I think he'll be really, really solid. I think even in the right scheme, he could be solid. But I have my worries. And if he went to Notre Dame, I promise you Chargers fans wouldn't want him. They would they would compare him to they would be asking if he's the next Jerry Tillery, not Aaron Donald. But he went to Pittsburgh, so we're talking about Aaron Donald. Yeah, I think uh, I mean Cansey's an interesting one. I mean, I had like I had my doubts about him, and like I just you signed Morgan Fox to that role. Like, there's no reason to draft another pass rushing D lineman. I think for me, any offensive lineman would be a waste of a first round pick. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, I don't. You're not running six tight end sets or six O line sets as an actual <laughs> offense yeah. during the season. So any offensive lineman I think is a bad pick. Um, and then, yeah, honestly, like any any tight end not named like I don't I wouldn't be happy with, honestly with Mayor or Kincaid, but any tight end outside of that I think would be the worst possible pick just because you're betting on a huge development and they just can't have that. Like if you're gonna bet on a position where the development curve is already pretty slow. Like you need to take the most pro ready guy in a win now season. And that's Mayor and Kincaid. So like, I think anyone not named Mayor Kincaid would also fall into that category. And then yeah. I'm not going to say Bijan. I'm going to, I'm okay. going to be good. I, you know, you. obviously the positional value, it matters to me a little bit more than I think some other people, mm-hmm. I think it could be very exciting to see what he does in the field, but you know, the whole, He's he's like generational. Like I need to see it happen first, in, you know, on the field. Because as much as the stats, the film back it up, you know, we've seen generational players not not pan out. So I think like, you know, that plus the positional value, think I think I think matter a little bit. But I won't put him in that category. Okay, good. Thank you for saving our dislike button um, from getting destroyed. <laughs> um, but I, I do get that though because Stephen likes him exceptionally more than Najee Harris. I do think he's better than Najee Harris, but I don't think there's like a huge gap between those two. And Najee certainly hasn't worked out. Now he's played with a bad line and he's basically had no quarterback his entire career. So it'd be very different if Bijan goes to the Chargers versus Najee to the Steelers. Um, but there is that concern, right? And then I think Najee went, what, 24th in the draft too. So uh, who knows there? Oh, look, Steven popping in to say hello to my favorite people. Can't wait for tomorrow. Um, I'm assuming that's Steven. I didn't make that comment myself. Um, so hello, Steven. Hope all is well with the the family. Um, Steven and his wife are at a funeral currently, um, or that was this morning. So wishing him and his family all the best through a really difficult time. But he'll be back tomorrow on the stream leading us um, so I can just get back to making fart jokes and stuff like that on the side. Um, if you guys see a comment you'd like to get to, I'd be happy to bring it up. Reggie, what's up, Reggie? How's it going? Reggie used to work with my fiance. Um, have any idea about how many hours we may be into the draft by the time the Chargers are on the clock? Trying to make sure I see the pick live. I mean, by no this time, sooner than 10 p.m. Eastern to like 7 Pacific. So it starts at 5, but it really is like 5 30 is when the first pick's announced. Probably. Yeah. Um, pick 21, but then you like. You take away like three minutes, two minutes. So like, 
maybe. I like, mean, it's gonna be like a full hour in until we're like at ten. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. then they'll start getting a little bit faster, and then. Yeah, sort of depends on trades. If someone like resets the clock, I would say like eight is probably when the Chargers are picking. Like I'm planning on jumping on at four forty-five, and we'll be here the whole darn time, and we'll have a bunch of guests. But yeah, I'd say eight. Like I think by this time tomorrow, we'll know who their first round pick is. Um, although I'd love to not know who their first round pick is by this time, because that means they traded back or traded for a player. <laughs> No, I don't oh. think they can do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. So that's a little new one. So is there anybody uh anybody yeah. you have in mind, Arjun? No, I no. Like they they can't afford to trade for a player. They need these cheap contracts. I, I was just saying, like, that's the other option. And like, I mean, they did they they did it with Mac last year, but I don't think there's anyone on the market who would fit that bill. And no, I wouldn't trade a first rounder for DeAndre Hopkins either. No, gosh, no. I <laughs> I mean, oh, there yeah. was a time that was really cool, but yeah, we're, we're past that. I think. I think, I think Tage put my friend Tage put this out, but I think we see DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Ravens or Bills on day two. That's like my mm. take of the episode. So if that if that happens, uh, tweet tweet about it and then tag me so I can retweet it. Okay, definitely. I'll take the credit for Tage's tweet. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I'll just I'll leap his name out and all that sort of stuff and give you credit. So is that kind of like a ravens and bills wait to see who they get in round one if it doesn't work out pull the trigger on hopkins i think so i think ravens are are you know i think they're taking a cornerback uh that's Mm. also one where like i've bet it like at pretty good odds and now it's the favorite and then with the bills i heard they liked jordan addison right i feel like you guys have heard that right like the the bills like addison or am Mm -hmm. i just making that up no no um i haven't seen it but steven keeps bringing it up so i've heard it yeah so I think if Addison's gone, you know, they could go like defensive line. Um, I know they don't really, they don't like Ed Oliver, so they could take like a Brian Breesey or a Mozzie Smith or something like that. Or, you know, even like a, if I don't think they'd take a linebacker, but they could take a linebacker there. Um, and then, yeah, with, with the Ravens, I think they go corner. So if, if both of them pass on, on a receiver, like they could trade for Hopkins, I think. Man, what's Hopkins cap hit this year? If a team trades for him, I think the cap hit is nineteen million. Okay. It's not. No, it's not terrible. And then thirty-four million adding Odell. Well, yeah. Get those two together, the Ravens. <laughs> How are we feeling about trade backs? Because like, Popper brought up, I think like six different trades or whatever, and it was kind of just like progressively one spot back at a time. Is there kind of a group you're looking at or maybe a team you're looking at i feel like if there's an offensive tackle there the, the the Bengals would love to go get them honestly if it, if if for some reason mayor or kincaid or both are on the board i could see the Bengals moving up for one of those players and I, I would personally give them the 21st pick for that so is there kind of a team or a scenario you guys are looking at please call mickey loomis he can't help himself <laughs> <laughs> What was his quote? Like, I'm still, I'm going to call around today yeah. and find out or something. <laughs> really can't help <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not getting my hopes, hopes up personally just because Telesco's never done it. So there's no reason to think he's going to do it, honestly. Like, you know, I'd love for it to happen. But again, I have to see it first. Loomis would be great. I think that's a great range to get into that 29 area. I could see them trading up for a Kalaja Kansi. They've 
reportedly like really liked him and like brought him in for a lot of visits and done a lot of work on him. And he, mm -hmm. they definitely need an interior defense alignment. So I think they could do it. I would kind of rule out the Ravens and the Vikings like Quasi, He's not going to trade up in the first round. Like I, I just, I won't believe it until I see it. Ravens also trade back more than they trade down. Um, I think Cowboys could be a trade-up team if they really like a tight end or say mm -hmm. Bijan Falls or something like I don't know like Jerry Jones could just pull the trigger. Um, you know Trent Baalke, he's a wild card like he could trade up. Joe Shane from the Giants like the the Bills. A lot of people think that they're a sharp team, but they actually trade up more than they trade down. And so Shane being from that Bills mm -hmm. organization under Brandon Bean, they're another trade-up team where if they like a receiver or they like a cornerback like a Deontay Banks or Joey Porter, um, I think they could be. Uh, a team that trades up and i've heard they're like really really locking in on cornerback so if they like joy porter more than emmanuel forbes like a lot more than i could see them trade up so i think i think giants and saints would be my top two and then a wild card would be the cowboys yeah i i feel the same with arjun with telesco at this point i i don't think he's going to trade down um unless he like just I think the board would have to play out in such a way where the Chargers just have no first-round graded players by the time they get up, and I don't think that that's likely. Um, so, obviously, we can't see what the Chargers board is, uh, but that's kind of what would have to happen. And, like, if, if Bijan's there, I don't think they trade out of the pick. If Michael Mayer's there, I don't think they trade out of the pick. Uh, and then you get into some of the defensive players and edges that could be there too. So I think there's too many players that are going to be there that the Chargers would want for them to like really consider trading back to, you know, 27 or something. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think if they don't do it this year, I, I don't see when they're going to do it, honestly, unless next year's draft class is also this quote unquote week. Because like this seems to be the one where like you should be trading back. Um, now, not that trading if, if they don't trade back, it's not bad in a vacuum just like that. Like if somebody okay, if Miles Murphy's there and we're complaining because they didn't trade back, that's just that's ridiculous. Like that's the edge rusher you take. Of course, you stick and you pick, but yeah, the odds it of them goes, trading back. It, I feel like it kind of goes both ways though, because it's like this is also a draft where everyone wants to trade back. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So not everyone can. And so, in a, like, if you were talking about, like, the last couple of years, um, then I think that it, talking about Telesco trading back in those circumstances maybe uh, is a little bit more egregious, although they had more players that they needed with, like, Rashawn and Justin Herbert at premium positions. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, in this one, I just think there's going to be too many teams that are going to try to be trade back to the point where the Chargers might just be yeah kind of odd man out there but i think with the gm that they have he's not a gm that uh is of that theory anyway he traded two sevens to go get the six that he traded for khalil mack um, <laughs> <laughs> so i i think tom telesco is pretty dead set on his ideology yeah i feel like this is the draft where we're going to answer so many questions even though we've had telesco as a gm for so long like are they going to change the way they evaluate wide receiver and draft those wide receivers? Are they going to trade back? Are they going to flip forward and start investing more in premium positions early on where they did not last year until what round six? So, which ended up being, you know, two of their better players, one offensive lineman, one corner. So I guess Sawyer was a guard at the time, but I still think relative to other drafts, the chargers probably have a higher chance of trading back, mm -hmm. but I, this draft alone, I still would think they have a higher chance of trading up than trading back. Um, if I, like, yeah, I, 
I mean, they shouldn't, right? And Arjun, you yeah, know, will, will explode. <laughs> oh, I would hate it. He'll be at my I, house, I, and you will be able to hear him crying and screaming and throwing his phone at the TV. But uh, yeah, I mean, based on history, I'm really curious if we get one of those Telesco move up in the seconds sort of things where you give up that fourth round pick and then move up. Like that's something I could see because if Mingo's the guy, let's say, it sounds like everyone has him ranked like 50th or 49th or something, right? I'm um, not that that's how that always works, right? In terms of where you're drafted versus where you're ranked, but it almost seems like the Chargers are going to be like three spots away from getting him. And so I, I could see the Chargers moving up a little bit to secure someone like that. But again, like overall, honestly, I don't think the Chargers are taking a wide receiver until like round three at best. I think they're going to roll out the three they have. I think they're going to keep Guyton, obviously. They're going to find a returner somewhere. And then they're going to just draft one guy. And does, it'll be the third round. Does remember where the Chargers traded up from to go get Melvin Gordon? Because that was... 17 or 18? I, I, they got to 15. I don't right. remember where, where they traded up from. I think it was 17. I think they moved yeah. up two spots. Yeah, and gave up a fourth and then something, something else was. another year or something like that. Um, we don't talk about that trade-up. Um <laughs> It is kind of amazing that he's only traded up for linebackers uh, and running backs so far. Yeah, um, I had impressive. I had uh, Benjamin Albright tell me that Melvin Gordon was a hit. And I'm like, look, I understand he had some productive seasons, but when you factor in that the Chargers traded up for him and that final season where like they picked up his fifth-year option and he just sat out the first two games, like, no, it's not a hit. Like, they didn't, like not re-signing him was a smart move, but – you know, when you trade up for that, like a running back in the first round, like they better be like a all pro guy, like right, almost like right away. And like, he wasn't that. So I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, Benjamin Albright's been, uh, been a privilege. I, I think Albright has a couple more battles to fight before he gets back to your Melvin Gordon <laughs> debate. Arjun. I'm not trying to bring it up. Honestly. I mean, I, I, I got enough shit to deal with, with the Dijon thing on Twitter. So, <laughs> um, but it's okay. I mean, I, I understand like, I'll probably like the analytics people will always be the outlier in these cases, but I like I'm not too far in the weeds to admit that he's not a very fun player and like all of the translatable stats I've put out on Twitter like he shows up in the 90th percentile or better except receiving but like playing with Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy like you're not going to get the ball a lot in the receiving game so like you know I I like he's a great player and I think he'll there's a very good chance he you know plays well in the NFL it's just the positional value thing and I think you know I analytics will always care a little bit more about that than like non-analytics people. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm still Team Bijan, but I understand the, the worry as well. Like, if you take Bijan, you sure as shit need to be go drafting wide receiver and edge or corner your next like five picks or, yeah. or offensive tackle or something. Like, you have to make it up later on. You can't go go Bijan and then go running back, safety, D tackle. Like, you just can't do that. Um, let's go with Bolt Brett's question next. Pick one draft you prefer: six offensive players and one defensive, or six defensive and one offensive. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season: the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.
I'd go I'd go six defense, one offense, because I think offense is kind of already set. If you like leave everything mm-hmm. alone, like they have starters. I think defense, you just need to get more depth. And I think Herbert can still elevate some of the backups on the offense if necessary. Kind of depends on the order of how you make those picks. Like if you get one premium offensive position the first round and then just like keep building out from there, then I think that's fine. Um, And then vice versa. Like if you were to get one premium defensive player and then take six offensive players, I don't know. I probably would go with six defensive and one offensive. Yeah, six defensive, one offensive for me. Again, it depends on on when. I hope it's not six defensive, and then in the sixth, you know, seventh round, we're taking a an offensive player like uh, I don't know Bryce Ford Wheaton or something. No offense, I just hope that doesn't come down to the, us taking one big bodied receiver in the seventh round, and that's it. But of course, that'll happen. Telesco has yet to draft a receiver that I've watched. He's only drafted one. Um, but yeah, you have to draft a receiver that I've actually watched and graded. Um, I didn't watch Palmer. Or I didn't grade him because his quarterback sucked. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take like three more minutes of questions and we're going to get out of here. It's only 8.43 for me. Um, it's like three weeks from now for Alex. That's how uh, late it is. So <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Let me know who they picked, Alex. I'm sure you already know by now. Um, so we'll take any other questions. If you guys see one, bring it up. Um, or if you have something you want to talk about, let's do it. I don't know if there's any other like betting things or other team stuff you want to talk about. I'm all ears. Uh, Brandon, who's a member of the channel, favorite second day edge or defensive lineman. Uh, depends on how you view them, I guess. I can't get Javon Dexter out of my head, though, for the Chargers taking him. He doesn't have the arm length, but the next best thing after arm length, I've been told, is height. Um, he definitely has the height there, and he certainly can play the run very, very well and was a higher recruit out of high school than Jalen Carter, um, which means he didn't translate it as, as well, but they still the, the the pedigree is there, right? He he can be something. And frankly, I'm all about giving Jay Rogers more players. Like he just keeps the line consistent. He's good at getting guys paid. Um, it's been a while since he worked with him, but like Roy Robertson Harris just got paid. All these guys get paid, uh, unless your name is Morgan Fox, which I do have a question about Fox. Do you think his contract and the way they view him and how they paid him and the fact that he technically was a backup to start the year sort of last year, do you think they're above drafting someone really in round one or two to play over him? Especially if it's, let's, 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 let's say it's Brizzy from Clemson. Like, do you think his contract and, and maybe his play as well and his numbers like I do think that they could potentially take someone to play over him. Um, I think, I mean, he's on a two-year deal, so I think they do see him as like a longer-term starter. If it was a one-year deal, I think that's a different that's a different thing. Like, I don't think you know having a having him on a one-year deal would have prevented them from taking a defense alignment early. But I think two years is a little bit more of a commitment. And while this, while the contract might be just a one-year deal in reality where they can cut him after one and the dead cap, dead cap isn't that high, um, I I just think they've invested so much into this interior defensive line the past two years with three off, three free agent signings, drafting Otito, um, obviously losing Tillery, you know, that, that kind of takes away from the group. And, like, they still kind of need to add one more guy to the group this draft but i don't think it's someone that they have to draft super highly so my answer is no i don't think 
Yeah, I, I think they could take like a tweener lineman on like day three or something, and maybe that player sort of gets to the dynamic of like Morgan Fox, you know, won obviously the position battle last year, and that guy gets kind of slotted into like the Tillery role of just like, um, you know, sort of being the like backup pass rusher, if you want to say mm-hmm. that. So I think they could go for that, but probably not in round one. Yeah. All right, might as well close out with the most random question. Uh, Alex's sleeper running back this year. Now, it was Mohamed Ibrahim. I believe I mean, that has not changed. It still is. I, I like him okay. a lot. But he is older. Uh, Abanakanda is the guy. I mean, he he's, to me, like, if you were to take a day three running back, then that's the one I would kind of bet my life on. Yeah. Uh, he's ready? Well, Ken, Kendra, is Kendra a sleeper? Because, like, he's, I feel like uh. he's RB, like, four at this point. So he, like, like, wasn't he Daniel Jeremiah's like RB four or something? It was he was yeah. high up there for my him. bad, my bad. <laughs> no, I mean, consensus I wise, he's like one twenty something. Someone can tell me in the chat. But yeah, Daniel Jeremiah loves him. But yeah, I I would not have watched him unless the Chargers didn't, you know, if the Chargers didn't meet with him. And then Arjun pointed out the the stats as well. Um, would be happy with him. I think Abani Kanda is like a better RAS guy than a film guy, but mm. the charges are so sorely lacking. And we yeah. said last year, I'd prefer a, either a pass catcher or a home run threat. Yeah. And I think the pass catcher part is Isaiah Spiller, but they never got to that, but they certainly don't have a home run hitter. I know Austin Eckler had two big runs, which honestly surprises me, although he's not a slow running back, um, but they, they definitely need someone that's a home run hitter. And I think that, someone like Ivani Kanda in this Chargers yeah. offense with this offensive line after they go Michael Mayer and I win money um, for <laughs> betting on that one be pretty yeah. pretty good I, I think for me it's just like if you're in like the fifth round or wherever you would kind of take Ivani Kanda at that point it's like if you have a chance to basically get your kind of like version of Ricky Mostert right like behind what this offensive line should be getting Rashawn Slater back um, and having the structure that they want like the run game would just kind of like drastically improve having him as like a rb2 rb3 like home run hitter option assuming mm-hmm. eckler's back as the the rb1 and they don't draft like a bijan um so for me it would be a uh, band kind of yeah all right uh, real quick sorry uh schrager just put out some stuff on twitter um i think it, right. it could be worth just repeating real quick before we end so Please. he's saying some draft eve stuff as i've said for a week both rbs will go in the first round gibbs somewhere 20 to 31 Bijan eight to thirty-one. I can see eight to Zay, thirty-one. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I I see Zay Flower, JSN, and Addison all going ten to twenty range. Doesn't include twenty-one, so ten to twenty. Um, <laughs> Kincaid and Mayer will both go ten to twenty-five range. Laporta and Musgrave or Musgrave could sneak into first round. Um, and then Emmanuel Forbes is, has a lot of fans in the league. Not that I think he's, you know, kind of relevant to the Chargers, but mm-hmm. you never know. So the receivers yeah. one is the most interesting, I think. Yeah. So one more time. So it's JSN, Flowers, and Johnson. Addison. Oh, Addison, excuse me. Within the first 20 picks, which of course yeah. keeps the Chargers out of the running there. So yeah. you're probably it, buying it the idea sense. that. It Come never made sense to me that the media was just like, oh, we're going to get more running backs than wide receivers for like a week. Um, <laughs> like, that, that never made sense to me. Wide receiver is a premium position. And like, 
yeah, this isn't like your Chase Smith Waddle wide receiver class, but like it's not that bad either. So to the point where you would be taking Jameer Gibbs like over the third receiver. <laughs> so um, yeah, never bought that, and obviously that makes more sense. I mean, and honestly, if the okay, I'm not saying do this, but I mean Gibbs would be higher on I think my board than some of the receivers if those three are gone. So. Um, again, I, I would not. I would not. Please don't do that. Please don't take Gibbs. I'm at 21. Not a bad player. I just like. I can get behind it with Bijan, but um, as Arjun is shaking his head and saying right now, uh, not there for. Uh, not there for Gibbs. And... I don't know what to make of the Falcons at eight with the Bijan stuff. I don't buy it as much because of what they would be paying Bijan at eight and all of their like other needs um not to mention like their running backs that they have aren't bad and they have a lot of spots on their team that are bad <laughs> so I would probably take more of like a premium position player um but I don't know I I don't feel like the Eagles take him at 10 either um and then I think you're probably I feel like Bijan lands in that like somewhere in that 15 to 20 range is sort of yeah. what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, we'll go to the Pete Carroll Seahawks or B. John Robinson just because that's on brand for some reason. Got to get another running back, right? When in doubt, take another <laughs> Never running back. Hey, man, they, they crushed it last year, so who might have judged them at this point? Um, I'd love to have the season that they had, um, or at least the way they feel about it. All right, before I let you guys go, final prediction, even though I'll see you guys tomorrow. Who are the Chargers taking at 21 if they stay? Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. I agree as well. Um, doesn't mean that's our favorite, but for betting money on something, got to be him. Although last year, I feel like I was betting money on Trevor Penning. Um, although I, I had no idea that Trey Pipkins would become a top 15 right tackle in the league. Well, tackle, I should say, in the league. So didn't expect that, but Michael Mayer just seems to fit. I think the Chargers want a player who's in their rotation for five years builds the chemistry with herbert and all that so yeah that's it for us guys in the chat thank you for watching thanks for being here um we're gonna be here tomorrow starting at 4 45 steven's got a whole host of guests coming on i've not met any of them so I'm, i don't know <laughs> um, but i can't wait to meet them and then talk with arjun who will be here at my apartment and then talk to alex as well so it's gonna be a fun one we'll see what happens um hopefully there's more excited Zion Johnson type cheaters than, I don't know, whatever else. If Trevor Penning were the pick last year. All right, guys, take care. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.